0: Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. Earlier this week, I was joined by environmental sociologist Kirsty Wilde and North and South magazine editor Kirsty Cameron to discuss how climate change is being underrepresented in the media, which is especially concerning in light of the latest IPCC report. Last week, on the 5th of April, the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the world's leading climate science organisation, released its latest mitigation report. It looked at more than 18,000 pieces of evidence, with this evidence being reviewed by the authors of the report, some 278 climate scientists from around the globe. The report being the third major release from the IPCC, focused on greenhouse gas emissions cuts, what has happened to date and what is necessary from here. Many of the findings of the report cast a grim picture of what awaits us in the coming century without radical action. The report found that even if all the policies to cut carbon that governments had put in place by the end of 2020 were fully implemented, the world would still warm by 3.2 degrees Celsius this century. According to the UN Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, that sort of temperature rise would see our planet hit by unprecedented heat waves, terrifying storms and widespread water shortages. In order to avoid that fate, researchers from the IPCC say that the world must keep the rise in temperatures at or under 1.5 degrees Celsius this century. The latest IPCC summary also shows how that can be done, in what Mr. Guterres calls a viable and financially sound manner. However, keeping temperatures down will require massive changes to energy production, industry, transport, our consumption patterns and the way we treat nature. The report received international coverage the day it was released, but has since begun to disappear from the news cycle. This has recently sparked some debate over whether media companies are addressing the issue of climate change as frequently and comprehensively as they ought to be. There have been various commitments from New Zealand media outlets to take the threat of climate change more seriously. For example, in 2019, Stuff, the New Zealand Herald, TVNZ, RNZ Newsroom and The Spin-Off took part in a week of special climate change coverage for the event Covering Climate Now. However, it seems to be that whenever central or local governments make moves to reform transport or housing to fall in line with IPCC recommendations, coverage tends to be framed in very negative terms. When the Herald announced in November last year that the Auckland Council was drawing up a plan to remove parking on many of the city's roads to make way for more bus lanes and cycleways, the plan was framed as radical and was followed up by a story focusing on the business concerns of the plan. When compared with many European cities' plans to create large networks of urban cycleways, the Auckland Council's proposal was actually quite modest in relativity. Cyclists and their rights as road users are increasingly downplayed by media outlets when they report on vehicles impacting cyclists, with language that often underreports the driver's culpability. When the media covers stories on attempts to build bike paths or any other facilities to help interrupt the regular incidents of cyclist deaths, it will generally report it through a negative lens, often disparaging the people calling for increased safety measures. When cyclists blocked Auckland's Harbour Bridge last year to call for a cycle lane to Auckland's North Shore, Newstalk ZB's Kerry McIver compared the cyclists to rodents.
1: If you've seen the mice in Australia, you know, the hordes of mice sweeping through the farms, if you can imagine mice in Lycra and on bikes, that's what they look like.
0: The swarm of them. Kirsty Wilde is an environmental sociologist at the University of Auckland whose research primarily involves transport and how it affects public health. Wilde believes that the difficult topic of climate change is slowly beginning to enter the public consciousness. However, New Zealand media outlets have much further to go.
2: We are seeing the media sort of become much more comfortable with saying the science is kind of settled, this is happening, you know, we do need to do something about it. But we haven't really seen the media engage properly yet with the solutions. That's still kind of treated like maybe that's not a settled science. Maybe there's a, you know, it's all up in the air. Oh, what do we do about it? You know, whereas actually, I mean, with the latest IPCC report, as scientists, we're pretty settled on what the solutions are.
0: Wilde says that when it comes to climate change coverage, the media tend to report much more on the negative side of things, which does more to obscure and trivialize the issue than to really address it.
2: It's about how inconvenient it's going to be you know, and how tough it's going to be and, you know, the idea that it'll destroy businesses and, you know, I'm a public health researcher so I, I, and it actually kind of is pretty similar whatever issue you talk about, those same things come up, you know. we It'll destroy businesses to not have single-use plastic bags. It'll destroy businesses to not have smoking in bars. You know, there's that, a pretty similar narrative but, you know, we've got this really big, urgent thing in front of us and these things almost never come to pass you know if you move the parking people will walk around the corner you know it's very unlikely it's going to destroy people's businesses in fact you know all the research suggests that it generally doesn't have much effect at all or sometimes even it has a positive effect
0: An alternative, which Wilde offers, is that it is far more important to focus on the benefits that climate change mitigation will bring about, as opposed to just focusing on the negative and emotional reactions to these required changes.
2: There's a lot of focus on people's anxieties, and it's kind of understandable, but also there's just heaps of positive stuff that can come out of this like our two big issues in New Zealand are agriculture and um, transport in terms of emissions and so changing to more plant-based diets and you know driving less and walking and cycling more um, they're the big things that we need to be doing for climate they're also two of the really big things that we need to be doing for health you know the reason why our hospitals are kind of full all the time we've been faced with with that reality with COVID is um It's kind of poor diet and not getting enough exercise are big parts of that. So there's just huge gains for us and uh, the media tends to focus on the short-term inconvenience over the real um, possibilities in terms of health and
0: climate gains. Wilde believes that there are plenty of good examples of successful climate change mitigation tactics that New Zealand is already seeing that could quite easily be highlighted by the media instead of focusing on the topic through the lens of fear.
2: I think I've said before that we're getting presented with all these scary um, stories about climate change and then we're getting presented with all these scary stories about the solutions to climate change and it's just all scary and it feels like nothing is possible and um, we already have, you know – in New Zealand and Aotearoa we already have some fantastic success stories I mean in Auckland where I am where a lot of this negative media coverage has been um, lately uh, we don't have high levels of cycling or public transport but we already have a cycling superstar in we're levels of cycling are at the um, point where Auckland aims to get to by twenty thirty. Wellington is a is a um a public transport superstar. So we already have heaps of good examples of where this stuff is working and uh, life has gone on and businesses haven't been destroyed.
0: Yeah. Even disregarding the projections of the latest IPCC report, Wilde argues that the way things are now is far from ideal and that ultimately a better way for the media to frame the issue of climate change is to convey that it actually provides us with an opportunity for the improvement of society.
2: There's lots of things about life in our cities which are not that great. And um, if we do things like intensify housing, like bring home and work together, um, that will make housing a lot cheaper. And it will mean that more people can afford housing and we can do something about the fact that one in a hundred New Zealanders are now homeless. More walking and cycling, while people tend to like their neighbourhoods more if there's more walking and cycling. Um, our cities are less noisy, you get better sleep, you um, tend to be healthier, tend to have better mental health where you've got more walking and cycling. These are all things that people tend to enjoy. It's just getting over that you know, anxiety, uh, and stress about change. But, you know, c- climate change is pretty stressful. I think it's helpful for the media to give us some sense of what's the really important thing to be worrying about here. You know, is being asked to walk five for climate round the corner as scary as what's coming in terms of climate change? You know, which is the really scary one? You know, I, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, things are, there are some things about getting on with addressing climate change are going to be annoying. There's no doubt about it. And, and there'll be a period where, you know, we have to adjust. Um, but actually, uh, I mean, I don't know how bad it is in Dunedin, but we have some of the worst congestion in the um, Asia-Pacific region in Auckland. And um, it's already pretty awful. <laughs> you know, like, like life is not that great. You know, there's lots of opportunities to make it heaps better through at the same time as addressing climate change.
0: Kirsty Cameron is the editor for popular New Zealand magazine North and South. She says that climate change pertains to almost every story that is covered and it is the obligation of New Zealand journalists to present objective facts regardless of their personal opinions or biases.
1: I, I think you can quite reasonably say there's possibly not a story you do now that doesn't involve some aspect of climate change and it's really important to reflect that so it comes up in all sorts of areas not necessarily just stories about something like carbon credits and what's going on there. It's the job of a reporter to present the facts. doesn't matter whether they agree with them or disagree with them. They're presenting the views of the source they have interviewed, in which case this report has been published, this is what it says. Where opinion comes in is them either asking for opinion or if they are an opinion writer, which is quite different to being an everyday news journalist, well, obviously they would bring their opinion to it.
0: Cameron also says that analysis of adverse weather events shouldn't be the responsibility of every member of a news team. However, media outlets should do their very best to provide expert opinion on these issues wherever they can.
1: It's possibly a little bit different for, you know, Dan the weatherman on on One News, who is a trained meteorologist. Now, he's almost in the role of a journalist. He's presenting the facts. They're reading, they're looking at the radar reports, they're reading reports, they're analysing and saying this high is about to blow in, this low is coming up over the South Island... So it's not, I would think, his role to say, and the climate, you know, this is because of climate change or what we're seeing is the impact of climate change. But it's certainly the role of the wider news team to look at the things that are playing into weather and events, you know, like the fires we have in in Southland at the moment. Um, You know, uh, look at the the, the weather that's just, um, you know, absolutely tormented Australia's east coast that has to bit to do with climate change, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I think, yeah, the role of the media is to present these facts and to find um, experts who can explain the whys and hows of it in a way that anybody you know, reading or listening can understand. That was Seb talking to environmental sociologist Kirsty Wilde and editor of North and South magazine Kirsty Cameron discussing some of the reasons of how and why it presented in the media.
0: Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio 1 One Ninety One FM podcast.